Happy New Year and welcome to Sideboob Cinema, your podcast within a podcast. My name is Ricky Orpike and I'm joined by Jonathan Astro. How are you, you mother suckers? (laughs) (laughs) So we've gone PC this this year. (laughs) Uh, And of course, AJ. Hello. There you go. I thought we were, we were going to play it a bit straighter the start of the year, you know? <laughs> oh, really? I can't I mean, do that. But what, but, what, but what's, what was I meant to do? Say, like, oh, yes, good evening. Like, like you know. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, things got a little bit out of hand. It, admittedly, my fault at the, towards the end of last year, so I thought I'd tone it down a little bit. Just no. Refresh the start of the year. Yes, but that's a bit of, you know, midsummer madness. That's sort of like, <laughs> you know. Stack in the desk, clean the chalkboard, you know, <laughs> put on Mr. Bean. Let's go to be, get a bit silly, you know. <laughs> well, we are back. It is 2022 and uh, this is Sideboob Cinema and we are talking about Carry On Up the Kyber. Yes. So if you're just joining us uh, over the uh, summer, brand new listener, Sideboob Cinema, I think is it's your outlet. Okay, this is this is all for you and us and mainly, it's mainly my outlet. Us. It's mainly for us, but you know you can listen. Join us, perverts. Yeah, join us, perverts and pigmen. Uh, yeah. Well, so tonight's film, Carry On Up the Kyber, we're carrying on from uh, Carry On Camping, uh, which we covered at the end of last year. India, eighteen ninety five. The most precious gem in the far-flung belly of the great British Empire, ruled by the British governors, who, in turn, are ruled by their wives. And the Khyber Pass, frontier garrison of the 3rd Foot and Mouth Regiment, otherwise known as the Devils in Skirts. I was only trying to keep warm. Oh, so you're cold, are you? Perishing. Where the wind whistles up the pass. With the reputation of being invincible in battle, they fearlessly carry on up the Khyber. Yes, a right carry on up the Khyber. Produced by Peter Rogers and directed by Gerald Thomas in their own ever popular style. With your favourite carry on characters up to their necks in the hilarious comedy that you love. Sidney James as Sir Sidney Rough Diamond. Joan Sims as his lady wife. One, did he not? Dearest, <laughs> if you can't express yourself in more elegant terms, kindly shut your kegel. Kenneth Williams as Randy Lal, the Kazi of Calabar. May the benevolence of the god Shivu bring blessings on your house and on yours. And may his radiance light up your life and up yours. Roy Castle as Captain Keane. How could you whittle? I felt the cold, sir. That's no excuse, man. The third foot and mouth never wear anything under the kilt. It's part of our glorious tradition. Look at our motto, always ready for action. Angela Douglas as Princess Jelly. Now go to the women's quarters and pay your respects to your mother. Which one is she again? Charles Hawtrey as Private James Whittle. Bernard Breslau as Bunditin of Jaxi. That will teach them to bend turbans on the buses. Terry Scott as Sergeant Major McNutt. The cars is here under a flag of truce, sir. We bunged it in. All right, Captain. Right, Sergeant Major, show them in. Peter Butterworth as Brother Belcher, a dedicated missionary who saves fallen women for himself. 
The doubles in skirts find themselves in trouble as the tension mounts and the elastic snaps. I wonder, what do they wear under their kilts? No, we know. <laughs> 1895. It's the glory days of the British Empire, but all is not well in the Indian province of Caladan. Sir Rodney Rough Diamond can enjoy his life of privilege and luxury as Queen Victoria's governor, so long as he protects the Khyber Pass from unwanted rebel incursions. Guarding the pass is the 3rd Foot and Mouth Regiment, a feared group of British soldiers who have the reputation of wearing nothing under their kilts, a reputation that seems pivotal to maintaining the British position in India. So here we have Bhangdit In, uh, the chief of the Burpa tribe, who uh, he encounters an inept, uh, the inept private Whittle, who's guarding the Khyber Pass, and discovers through misadventure that this supposedly feared soldier is wearing underwear after all. Now, this damaging news threatens the reputation of the soldiers and thus the rule of the empire. So, Sir Ruff Diamond, uh, played by Sidney James, I probably should have mentioned that, leads a diplomatic mission to assure the local Rajah, the Kazi of Calabar, Oh, it's Calabar. I think I said Caliban or something, something, <laughs> something wrong. <laughs> uh, leave it all in. So, uh, the, the Kazi of Calabar, who's played by Kenneth Williams. Uh, so, uh, Sir Sidney Rough Diamond uh, is uh, uh, trying to, um, yes, as I say, convince the Rajah that uh, it was just an aberration, uh, these underpants, and that uh, the Soldiers do, in fact, uh, have nothing on under their skirts. But the governor's wife, who has designs on the Kazi, throws a spanner in the works by handing him pri a private photograph, or rather privately, a photograph of the entire squadron lifting their kilts to reveal their underwear. So this is damning, okay? Basically, the Kazi wants to use this photograph to incite a rebellion against the British, but the governor's wife won't part with the photograph until the, the Kazi sleeps with her. Unwilling to do such a thing, the Kazi whisks her away to the headquarters of Bungat Inn. Now, Sir Sidney Rough Diamond discovers his wife's betrayal and her kidnap, and he sends a crack squad to recover her and the photograph. Disguised as sort of Afghan generals, they infiltrate Bungat Inn's headquarters, but spend most of their time canoodling with concubines. After, <laughs> after they, you like the alliteration, didn't I you? I did. <laughs> uh, after they are unmasked, they uh, make their escape with Lady Rough Diamond, but she drops the photograph and now uh, it's in the clutches of the Kazi. So it's the climax. The rebels attack and Sir Sidney has a plan. First, uh, he services the Kazi's, uh, well, a portion of the Kazi's 51 wives uh, and then holds a black tie dinner as the battle rages on outside. Sydney finally walks out to address the soldiers amongst the chaos and orders that they lift their kilts at the approaching enemy, revealing that they are now the real deal. Okay, they've got nothing on under their kilts. The empire is safe once more. Okay, carry on up the Kyber. Well, uh, did you guys realize that? I know this is dipping a little bit into trivia, but uh, up the Kyber, or, or the Kyber Pass, I should say, is rhyming slang for your ass. I did. I didn't know that. Yes, I did not know. The censors actually wanted to wanted to change it because of that. Well, mm -hmm. yeah, I mean, I did know it. Uh, I, I don't know why there was a bit of rhyming slang in my house, but sort of, I don't know why. Mm. The, the was, dog and bone. Yeah, yeah, of all of that. Yeah, so um, the apple and pears, all that stuff. So, um, 
uh, Kyber Pass was 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 a good one, and uh, yeah, I think I think we should bring it back. You know, um, you bringing it back? Yeah, well, why not? Like you know, up the, up the Kyber. You know, <laughs> what what I love about this film is like the dilemma is that the troops have been caught with their pants on rather than <laughs> off. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> And also this obsession with like the power of the penis as well, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, it's true. It is, is that true. what you're bringing back for 20, 2022? <laughs> yeah. Power of the penis or power bike? of the penis? <laughs> I, guess so. I guess so. Like I feel like at some, I, I do feel like you know, standing outside Mamma Mia and just lifting my kilt. You know what I mean? <laughs> Every now and then. Well, I, I feel like if anyone asked me what my pro- gender pronouns were, that, that that would be like a viable thing to do. You know, I lost my voice, bit of laryngitis, you know. So yeah. how else do I tell you what gender I am? Well, so this, I, I don't know. I don't know where to start. I um. I feel I, I really want to talk about this this documentary. Did you watch this documentary on YouTube? It's from 1998 and it's called... Uh, What's a carry-on? Yes. Did you watch it? Okay. Yes. So, so uh, oh, this documentary sort of rock, rocked me a bit. Like, like I, I, I don't know if you guys had, had any sort of response to it, but I was just a bit, bit taken by it. So basically it's just a, obviously a, a, a standard retrospective of, of carry-on in general. And interviews with some key figures and some some pundits from 1998, and this documentary was it was shocking to me to see a, a relic of a time before the world lost its fucking mind. Mm. Like this, this uh, the, the the attitudes of the people in it. Um, so they identified that you know these films were largely you know large about they sort of had an innocent perspective. Mm. You know of of you know sex and and naughtiness and whatever uh, they everyone seemed to understand bawdiness in general and its place in the society and when it's appropriate and when it's not you know what I mean and and what it is like 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 I find you know getting someone at the Guardian to explain bawdiness is um, you know I've read some of the, I've got to talk about one of their articles later they are like fucking aliens. That, like you know what I mean? Like like these some of these these uh you know leftists and and the people like them and wokesters and whatever, they are fucking aliens and they don't understand simple things. In fact, I just want to play you a, a couple of like like couple of little mind little clips and we, we can respond. So here's the first one. This is from Richard O'Brien, uh, who is you know famous creator of um uh Rocky Horror Picture Show, and he's like, you know, he's riffraff. Okay, so listen to this. Carry on, Constable. I, I I found rather funny, especially the the, the scene where um, where the two um, Kenneth Williams and Hawtrey get into into drag, and there's a certain kind of joy from these two men. It's, it just it does slightly go beyond just acting. There's a kind of joy in getting into the frocks and and camping it up. <laughs> Do you know? I haven't done this since I was in the army at a camp concert. <laughs> This is no laughing matter, Gorth. I say, you mustn't call me that. Not when we're on special duty. Oh, yes. Well, um, Adra for them. Thank you. And I shall call you, now let me see. Call me Ethel. It's my grandma's name. If Grandmama could see you now, she'd be so proud. Well, to work. To work. 
Are you ready, Agatha? If you are, Ethel. Let's go. So that's Richard O'Brien talking about camp. <laughs> did did that did stuff like that stick out to you? Yes. Yeah, for sure. The stuff from Derek Malcolm. Which guy's Derek Malcolm? The film critic that's with the glasses. Mm. And I wrote down you can pulverize the carry-ons as far as com- uh, political correctness is concerned, but you can never defeat them as far as the laughter is concerned. There you go. Mm. There you go. So, you know, this is just like what Richard O'Brien said there is completely uncontroversial. Mm. Do you know what I mean? And he said yep. it in a way that you should be able to say now, but just it was so fucking shocking. And there's just a couple of others. Like, like I've got, I, I won't bore you with too many, but they were just so, they were just so amazing. Well, the men that they make dressed up in drag are always the most unsuitable men physically. So if it's someone like Bernard Breslau, it's a hoot before it even before it even starts. And it's all very refreshing in an era when you've got men dressing up as women very, very well. So you've got people like RuPaul who just look like a woman at the end of it. I mean, I never see quite see the point of dressing up as a woman so you just look like a woman. What's really funny is seeing a man dress up like a woman who looks like this strange hybrid. Fucking hell! Call the <laughs> call the work police. <laughs> Jesus <Yeah>. Christ! <laughs> you know, like that. That is just you know. I I feel like I felt like I was going crazy. But we'll get back to the film in a second. It's just that this, this mm. documentary it was really great. Cracked me apart. I was yeah. just mm. like my. I I was just like, oh my god! Bring back fucking nine. I remember nineteen ninety eight. It was like unremarkable, and <laughs> now it's it's a golden age. Yeah. Mm. Well, also what I found interesting about the documentary, because it is 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 pretty old as well mm. now, that um, people were talking, uh, like like I think nowadays if if you were to do a documentary like that, the people talking in it would be really guarded. They you know they'd have to you know uh, explain things and go oh it was a different time and that you know mm. they have to set you know just to hedge, around just it all the time, hedge hedge the it. whole time and and also you know depending on who the filmmaker was making it like it would be a bit of a hit piece people would be talking about how you know it's inappropriate and it was racist blah 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 it would just go on and on and on but these guys they're just talking about it um, so openly you know but th- these were the kinds of people that rev- that uh, reviewer you talked about AJ and Richard O'Brien these were the people the interesting people mm. do you know what i mean around that that were talking about things and they understood you know the sort of guys who you know and girls who were just yeah weirdos and and um you know like cool stuff and and uh, now those people have been you're not allowed to be that you 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 need to be totally establishment or you need to be fucking erased yeah and I thought that um, when Morris Bright said, was talking about the women being a sexual decoration for the carry-on men, that he was saying to look closer. The women are the stronger characters. Yes. That the yeah. men are a mess, a blumbling mess, like I'm just blumbled. <laughs> <laughs> They're yep. the better characters. So true. But mm. this is this is the thing that they don't understand, I guess, is like, you know, it's it's so easy. I mean, well, we would probably come back to this because I've got um, some stuff on on you know the Guardian and the, and the comedy in general, I guess. But I don't know. Like, I I, I was it just got me thinking about um, some big picture stuff. You know, because I thought this was a you know just maybe just a zero in on the film again. Like, so what is it? The sixteenth film in the Carry On franchise. Yeah. 
it is generally considered to be one of the finest. Mm. It's on the. It's made it into the BFI's top one hundred movies of all time. Mm. So I mean, that's that's no. <laughs> well, it made it into one of the critics' top ten, and yes. that was the funniest part of the doco because the other critic was so mad. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah he was. Yeah. He was fuming. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> Yeah, he would say hell. Hell would freeze over before he would put it in his top ten. You know, but, but, uh, <laughs> it was so good. People just well, but interestingly, it, it this particular film seems to have well, I guess because it's it's seen to be the best. You can't make excuses for maybe some of the other ones that maybe look a bit cheaper or or aren't as uh, don't have uh, that other dimension, which we can talk about uh, shortly, but. This, I guess, is the the extremes because if you ha- if you don't like, here's a standard review I found on um, you know, Letterboxd, uh, which is that review site we mention every now and then. So here's just a user called Paul Elliott has written: "Carry On Up the Kyber is the 16th film in the Carry On franchise and generally considered one of the finest in the series." Blah blah blah. Uh, however, uh, however, the cheap laughs deriving from the series' racial discrimination and arbitrary sexism have never worked for me at all. Like this seems oh, to be right. a standard critique. <laughs> Disclaimer. It, it, Which is that? Is that all his his critique says? Uh well, he said like yeah. Well, pretty much yeah. Like he, then he went on to th- he, I deleted the bit where he's talked about like I don't know like one of the actors that he liked. But this is what I imagine. And if you go on the Guardian, you do see articles on there where where people are you know obsessed with uh, you know the the, the um, retrograde elements in in the series, but but what what they're missing, what that reviewer misses, particularly in this film, is that most of the time they're sending up, uh, they're sending up the British Empire, and they're they're sending up the pomp and ceremony, and and just the the tight ass sort of attitude of of the British, you know, mm. and and particularly in the the finest scene, which is towards the end, the climax is when they're being attacked in <laughs> wherever the, the the governor lives in his mansion or whatever or estate, and they're sitting down to have their formal British dinner. And they're carrying on as though nothing's, you know, the, the the ceiling is is virtually falling down on them, and they're, you know, they're still past, you know, past the wine, all that sort of stuff, you know, chit chat, casual chit chat, and pomp, and um, it's it's very funny actually. There's the the one character, the um, what is he? Is a is a preacher of? Oh, he's a um, what is he? A missionary, and he's he doesn't get it. He's freaking he's the, out. He's going, he's the why, straight why, man. yeah, mm. why isn't everybody just freaking out? Like we're gonna die here, you know? Yes. Aren't you enjoying your soup, then? Delightful. Delightful. Terrible noise. Yes, it's shocking, isn't it? It's not a first-class orchestra. Mind you, they're doing their best. I I mean the noise outside. Oh, it's probably the drains again. Major Shorthouse, you really must have that scene to... Yes, sir. How are you enjoying your stay in India, Mr. Belcher? Marvellous. Can't wait to leave. Yes, I suppose it has its ups and downs. <laughs> we need to talk about, you know, this element of it. So I think some people who, who say what that guy said, uh, they're, they're making the, the 2022 claim that, you know, this a movie like this is, you know, 
essentially just made with the blood of slaves and is, you know, wholly sexist, wholly racist and, you know, needs to be erased from, from all memory. Uh, I guess, you know, the nuanced view I did uh, is probably that, um, you know, there are things that obviously it gets wrong. Uh, but there's a there's a shitload it gets right, and I feel like people are focusing to, like there's so much that is purposeful, as you just said, like a, about lampooning the. Um, so you're gonna you're gonna lay into um, a film from 1968, you know, and say, oh Jesus, you know, like you know, <laughs> they just don't get it, and you say, yeah, I know, neither do we. Like they 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 were in their time, hmm. and. That you know, why don't you just give them the credit? Be be in their time for five seconds and acknowledge what they're trying to do, which is, as you say, uh, to to lampoon and mock the British Empire, uh, whilst still being a little bit nostalgic for its its uh, greatness, you know, for you know, alleged greatness or whatever, however you want to say it. But yeah, certainly. Like, did you watch this movie and go, oh, oh, the the, the British Empire was was great, you know? And they were great. Like, like you know, <laughs> fucking idiots, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Like all of the officers are idiots and they're, they're out for themselves. They're just out for, for crumpet and, yeah. you know, yeah. Tiffin. Tiffin. <laughs> Tiffin. So <laughs> I've got Tiffin down in my notes here because they're constantly having Tiffin, a bit mm. of Tiffin. It's Tiffin time. And uh, so I did. I did a little bit of research. A deep dive. Okay. Well, not that deep, but um, so tiffin is an Indian English word for a type of meal. It, rever- it refers to a light tea time meal uh, at about three p.m. or a light breakfast consisting of typical tea time foods. So um, it, it, in in certain parts of India, it can also refer to the midday luncheon. Um, or an in-between meal snack. So, and this film, it's mainly used for what? <laughs> of course, <laughs> like so many times, yeah. people are like, "Don't interrupt me!" Yeah. You know, mid Tiffin, yeah, yeah, a spot of Tiffin, but, but it's not Tiffin time. Any time is Tiffin time. Don't do it. Don't do such and such before. You know, you shouldn't do such and such before Tiffin. <laughs> yeah. Like it's. The, I think that if you count them up, it's probably about 150 times, they say. Oh, yeah. <laughs> they say Definitely. a lot. Definitely. They, they love it. Shorthouse. Sir. Don't disturb us, please. We're going to have a spot of tiffin. Shorthouse. Sir. Don't disturb us, please. We're going to have a bit of tiffin. It's not time for tiffin, sir. Mind your own business. Any time is tiffin time. Shorthouse. Yes, sir. I know. You're not to be disturbed. You're having tiffin. It's a funny word, though, too. <laughs> It is, but that, but that's the thing. This is what these these fucking wokesters don't get. Is that like they don't like funny words? Mm. They want, in fact, they want you to put the funny words um, in your email signature. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 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 but um, yeah. So Tiffin, like it's it sounds funny. Yeah, I mean, it's brilliant because it's it's you know it's a meal time, uh, you know, and you can you know the, the innuendo is a real mm. art, and mm. uh, and I think that um, yeah, they're not giving it credit. Yeah, I, I have also read that the best carry-on films are those that are, that are period pieces, you know, that are set in, yeah, different different eras. And um, I think that that's why this one works because they've, you know, they've couched it in a historical time period. 
um, and and around a sort of a very key strategic geographic location as well. So so the Khyber Pass is actually um, it's actually in Pakistan. Uh, it's on the border with Afghanistan now, and uh, it was part of the ancient Silk Road, and it's been a vital trade route between Central Asia and the Indian subcontinent for a very long time, and a strategic military choke point as well for various states that controlled it at times. So uh, I think that adds weight to it too, you know. Well, it's, it's something that's so important is worth making fun of mm. as well, like, you know, and it's famous, and I don't know if it looks like as much as like whales as it does in um, the movie. <laughs> but uh you know for, for sure like it's a um it, it, i th- i think the i thought the script was quite tight yeah um and it's certainly got a lot more going on than carry on camping it does yeah yeah, yeah. definitely i think that's why people like it yeah it, it has more it has a few more characters different locations but if you mapped it out it's quite it's quite a a simple uh plot mm. but but with with you know with with all the, the requisite parts. So we've got, you know, uh, you know, something that we've got two two clearly defined groups that want different things. Like the British want to stay, the Indian the, the, the Indian characters want them to leave. They're led. They're, they're both of their leaders. They've got, you know, something that's in play, which is the uh, the reputation of the people guarding the Khyber Pass. And then we've got like the sort of the MacGuffin, which I guess is this photograph uh, of of the, 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 the confirming that the uh, that, the, that the guys are wearing underwear and then we've got, you know, that's tied up with the, the relationship with the governor's wife wanting to race off the, the, the Kazi. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, Ken, Kenneth Williams um, <laughs> being so disgusted yes. by heterosexual sex. <laughs> yeah. It's the, the best. best. It's it so best. good. <laughs> Don't you just love the way he's so disgusted? <laughs> Yeah. (laughs) Like he's and and it's I mean it's even better that she's BBW. Like that's (laughs) obviously you know just as good. But he because he is the shining light, really. I mean, like Sid Sid James is great. He's an anchor, I think. But Kenneth Williams is he's the real deal. Yeah, yeah. I mean, who would be watching it and not waiting for him? That's right. Yeah. Yeah. But also Charles Hawtrey as well oh, as, as Whittle. Him. He's 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 got elements of <laughs> of Kenneth Williams. Like he's, they're different though, aren't they? But they, they are, are different. Yeah, yeah they're he's, both gay. They're both yeah. they're both gay. Yeah, but different gay. Yeah, yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah, mm. yeah really different. It, oh, it keeps my dangler warm. <laughs> Stop calling <laughs> it a dangler. <laughs> <laughs> it's foreign. Because <laughs> <laughs> oh, so well, Kenneth Williams is the refined, you know, sort of high class yeah. homosexual. Yeah. Yeah. Whereas Whittle is is something else. I don't know. <laughs> Care, carefree, like really scrawny. Yeah, kind yeah. of indifferent to everything. Yeah. Yeah. Aloof. Aloof. Yeah, he is really aloof. Gay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Mm. <laughs> So, yeah. (laughs) If you enjoy what we do here on the New Flesh podcast, there are a number of ways you can contribute to the success of the show. Consider supporting us financially by becoming a Patreon member and donating monthly or yearly. Alternatively, you can donate money through the Buy Me A Coffee platform. 
If you're strapped for cash at the moment, there are other ways to support the new flesh. You can give us a rating or review on Apple Podcasts. These really do help others find our show and help spread the word. Or you can just simply tell your friends about us. Back to the show. A couple of things, like so, saying broad, like because I've got a couple of things. Um, there's two. I think we need to talk about the race stuff a bit uh, because fuck it, like it seems like it's pretty big. And I also want to talk about some, you know, something that I think is at the heart of the, of, of it. Maybe we'll just co- cover the racing. I've called it. Let's talk about race, baby. <laughs> <laughs> right. So this is, you know, it's a tricky one because. You know, quite simply, you know, browning up is not great, okay? <laughs> so there's a character in this, the, the Fakir or whatever, whatever his name is. <laughs> they just wanted that line in there. <laughs> yeah, Fakir. Oh. Yeah, yeah. yeah, Fakir. So he's full. And actually, he's, he's got a line that I had this this horrible deja vu moment. He says, oh, no, I've got a kiss of the levitations. <laughs> I'm, my dad used to say that. Really? Yes. That's yeah. amazing. Because my dad was carry on. <laughs> like that's that's the thing. Like that's who, where who was he? From. Was he Sid? Uh, he was a bit Sid. Now he was one of the more like you know less less confident. Like he was he was a mouth like someone like Sid, but but he was a bit more. I don't know, like. He just wasn't as confident because Sid, Sid's a player, whereas my dad wasn't a player. Like, but he he certainly had he had all the swagger, mm. you know, like yeah. like Chevy Chase, like like all that swagger and all that and everything. But uh, you know, also a bit foolish. <laughs> you know? And so he would he's definitely one of these other characters. And he he used to say that. So yeah, I just uh, it, it was one of those moments. But yeah, so that's <laughs> the Browning up's not great. No. However. however you know, there's a few other things because because I'm trying to locate what your biggest what the biggest crimes would be. You know, I mean, what do you think the biggest crimes are in terms of race in 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 the movie? Calling his daughter "light of my darkness." <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> yes. Light of my darkness. <laughs> yes. Well, I guess it would be it would be the funny names and but also the accents as well. Oh yes. Because you've got that scene where um, where the Kazi is is speaking uh, from the balcony to um, who, who's he speaking to to all the uh, all the burpers, all the burpers. yeah, the burpers. and trying to rally them to go and attack the British, and all, you know they all speak. They all kind of go nee 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 or or yeah 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 yes it's it's uh orientalism yes purpose why do you dislike the idea of fighting the British we cannot fight the devils in skirts it is a well known fact that they are invincible is that not so man ah they are against him. No, no, no. They are agreeing with him. Oh, what a funny lot. Well, no, you, you, you've hit on it. And there's a couple of other things. Like basically, uh, I'd say, you know, um, yeah, anytime that, that that something's made exotic or you've got people browning up or whatever, that, that of course, and, the silly, and then, you know, weird customs, all that stuff. Now, uh, however, demanding uh, in a 2022 way that everyone in your movie have every characteristic of your characters is absurd. So, you know, for example, like 
not allowing, if we could go back in time, like not allowing Tom Cruise to play a character in a wheelchair, for instance, which is what would, what would happen now. He'd say, I want to play Ron Kovic in a movie. And they'd say, oh, but you, you didn't get shot in the war and in, in, in wheelchair. And he'd go, oh, yeah, I didn't get shot in the war. And they'd go, uh, I, so that's kind of stuff is absurd. Um, and and most of us agree on that, I think. Yep. Like we're seeing that more and more, Like which isn't to say like that we don't need more people in wheelchairs in movies or we don't need, you know, great Indian actors in movies or whatever. That's exactly what you're saying. <laughs> <laughs> you there is no nuance. <laughs> That's what they say though, isn't it? They, they, they hate it. <laughs> but the hard thing about Carry On though is one of the special things about the whole, uh, uh, how many are there, like 30-odd movies like one of the funny things about the whole uh the whole series is that the same characters are in each movie well the same actors are in each movie but they're always playing different Mm. characters so Mm. you know you get to see sid james as a cowboy and then you know as a general and then you know as the plumber next door and you know so it would be hard to then you know, to to have them all for say carry on camping, and then as soon as they do something that's a period piece or set in India, then they're not allowed to use Kenneth Williams anymore. They've got to get find Indian Kenneth Williams. You know, yes. I mean, it would to be, to be fair, to do that. there was still an awful lot of Kenneth Williams in Indian <laughs> version of Kenneth Williams. <laughs> well, yeah, exactly. <laughs> there wasn't much Indian. What are you in- saying? Are you saying he didn't do a faithful like you know? Job. I think he did a fantastic job. I thought he, you know, like he was was exactly like every Indian person I've ever met. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know, it's it's a you know it's a tricky time because I mean think about it this way: like Kenneth Williams, he's basically himself in in the but he's just wearing the clothes of an Indian person, you know. But in twenty twenty two, I mean, you could be. You could be a man, but just wear the clothes of a woman, and and that's acceptable, you know. Mm. More on that later. Um, <laughs> so, uh, yes. Well, the abj- the attitudes, I think, to the to the Indians or the subjugated people, uh, I feel like, you know, the question is: in 1968, is uh, are some of the attitudes in the movie commensurate with the time? Do you know what I mean? Like, like. Like the big multicultural push happened in the '90s with Blair, so it's not like. And I'm not saying that that uh, uh, giving them a massive free pass and saying that England was just like 100% white, but I do know that you know there was a shitload of immigration that happened in the '90s and stuff. In the face of the country's changed a lot, you know. Mm. Subsequently, uh, so there are some like like to someone who lived essentially on Coronation Street. Um, some of the shit that goes on, you know, in history books in India or whatever would seem a little exotic. Mm. You know, if you're having, if you're just having a fag and a pint (laughs) down as a local (laughs) all the time and you've never seen and you're in some mining town, like I think that you, you know, some of this stuff would play a lot, you know, differently than if you're uh, a lot more cosmopolitan, do you know what I mean? Or you live in a, a multicultural city or whatever. So anyway, I think that people are hang- they're, they're hanging some of it and they are not. Um, and essentially the jokes, the jokes are a little like it's sometimes it's not about race. Sometimes it's about the idea of different customs. 
you know, like every fucking culture has customs, you know. I know that people don't like to hear that, but that they do. Do you know what I mean? So some of it is just like, you know, like people shaking their heads to mean yes is a joke about customs and about like committing social faux pas. Mm. You know, it's not saying that, oh, in India, you know, it's not like those old like racist jokes, like oh, in like Chinatown, like there's a joke like, you know, like Chinese people make love, like like they screw backwards or something, you know, like something just totally beastly. So I don't know, like this is just people just need to fuck off a bit. Don't you think? <laughs> but but also think about the characters themselves, like the Kazi, he's he's not a fool. No, you know, he he's he's an intelligent, you know, he's he's doing the camp voice and everything, which is funny. But he's a smart guy, and he's trying to outwit the British. And True. the same with with Bunged in, like he's not <laughs> <laughs> he's not a fool. Like you know, he's um, you know he is himself trying to outsmart the British. Like, but and to be fair, all their names are funny. Yes, Ginger that's Hale true. is funny. Jimmy <laughs> Whittle is funny. <laughs> like Brother has, Belcher. Like, like they didn't just pick on them. Well, no, you said it though. Actually, this is something that that I think uh, critics wouldn't understand either, modern critics, is that, you know, it makes fun of weird British customs and British names as well. Like, like that, it serves it to itself. Mm. You know what I mean? Like the, the kilts. Yeah. For goodness yeah. sake. Kilts and sporins and, and sexual hang-ups, that's all British. Yeah. And but the sergeant's name is Major McNutt. So that's like <laughs> that's like a, a, a like a Scottish McDonald, mm. McDougal, McNutt, you know. So yeah. I feel like you know, it's just getting into the nuance and just being ready for when for when well, you've got to pretty much avoid people who don't like these movies. I've said it before. Like if say if you meet someone who doesn't like these movies. I, I'm almost 100%. I'm not saying that to put it in their top 10 like that madman. In, in the, <laughs> he was. He fucking loved it. Like, he was so proud of himself. All right. Let's be. So, you know, like it's saying it's better than like Wizard of Oz and shit. Like, I don't know. I don't know about that. But, yeah, I, I feel like, you know, what I've said, if, if you know people who don't, if you're listening to this fucking podcast, we, we might as well get real. If you're listening to this podcast and you know someone who doesn't like these movies, just fucking walk away. They're no good. All right. They're garbage. Right? Like they, they hate you. They hate life. They hate, they hate your country, <laughs> and they want you to die. <laughs> to be fair to that critic, though, he he put it in his top ten British films ever, mm. right? Yeah. Not yeah. not not greatest films of all no. time. Okay, so it's you know, so it's just like in there with um, you know, Lawrence of Arabia and yeah. other, other yeah. David Lean movies, and, and it was number ten. Yeah. Oh yeah, so it just <laughs> yeah. snuck in. Uh, yeah. it did. <laughs> That's good. That's good. So, yeah, go on. If you can't have fun in these movies, come on. But oh, but I feel like that's the, what we're talking about here, and that is 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 can you have fun or can you not? And that, when I watched the doco, I was like, "Fuck, man, people can't have fun." Like, if you go on the internet, they can't. Like, you know, it's uh, like if you've looked at. Look at all the mainstream comedians now and stuff like like you know fucking Sarah Silverman or uh, you know goddamn Seth Rogen or or uh, all those talk show people. Could these be the most unfunny like or even Howard Stern? Howard Stern's become a full COVID cuck. Has he? <laughs> yeah, he's terrified of COVID. He's terrified. He hates because oh, he's a germaphobe. Yeah, well, I've got. I, re- I remember reading that in one of his books, but he's he's. 
like now, like yeah, Mad Men talking about like wanting to, you know, go after unvaccinated people and stuff like that. And no, I, by the way, I'm vaccinated. So, you know, and I don't think that it was 5G or Bill Gates or anything. So just, <laughs> let's just get that out there. But anyway. <laughs> So he's full of like you know just establishment now, and uh, that that like that those people seem the op- like the opposite of this uh, this movie mm. because <laughs> because and this is the this is the other point I wanted to get to, uh, and I got this you know I'm trying I was trying to think what what is it about these films that are great you know. And why would some people not like it? And why would the BBC not like not be that proud of it now? Or why would you know what I mean? Like why? What's the what's what's going on here? And why would a, would a workster not like it or whatever? I think I got it. It's vulgarity. This is why they don't like it. So if you look up vulgarity in like Merriam-Webster, we've got lacking in cultivation, perception, or taste. Okay, it's coarse, morally crude, undeveloped, or or unregenerate. Uh, ostentatious, excessive, or in expenditure or display. So this is exactly why these movies are great, okay? This is satire. This is comedy. This is mockery. And Wokesters, uh, who who are the new establishment, they have no sense of humor at all. Make no mistake, they are the establishment elites, okay? So back in the day, it used to be someone else. It was like Mary in in Britain, it was like Mary Whitehouse, like like religious right, all that stuff, or you know, uh, upper class elites. Now the Wokesters, because when you think about it, Carry On is all about poking fun at institutions. The, the, you know, the medical institution, the army, you know, British Empire. Uh, and now if you look at the modern institutions, who has captured the modern institutions? It's it's the left elite, right, who well, who at the time of this movie were all getting starting to take over the universities and then, then proliferate out. So these people um, who I'm talking about, they don't like the working class. They don't like the way they talk. They don't like the way they communicate. They don't like their jokes, their jibes. They don't like how comfortable the working class are are with multi with, with multicultural um, their multicultural peers. Like they don't like you know cabbies hanging out with like Indian cabbies and Jamaican. They don't like that. They hate that. Okay, Wokesters don't want rebels. They don't want rebels in their midst. It challenges their power. So this these movies movie and all of them like uh, they they are anti authoritarian. That's the thing, and that's why fucking I love it because you know shit in Australia. That's what we're all about. We hate that. Mm. Well, unless you live in Melbourne, I fucking love it. (laughs) (laughs) Love it. You've changed, man. You've changed. Anyway, (laughs) I'm just here to tell you the truth. So, carry on to finish up. Carry on is a pie in the face for the for authoritarians, you know. So, and this goes the same for internationally. So, you want to talk about the CCP? Where's the comedy satirizing? You know their horrible past. I don't see no. I don't see no. 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 Carry on. Carry on. Uh. Uh. I starved my goddamn population. <laughs> like <laughs> you know from the CCP. Yeah. Liberal democracies have satire. Okay. Democracies have satire. Uh, authoritarian regimes don't. So that to me, as I think, the beating heart of this is vulgarity, and that's what Sid James is. And definitely. And that's what uh, the working class are vulgar. They don't have and they never will have cultivation and, uh, you know, intersectionality and, you know, critical race theory and all this crap that they talk about now in the New Yorker and New York Times and all these goddamn, you know, losers, that is cultivation to them. If you don't know the words, if you don't know the pronouns, if you don't know all that stuff, you're not university educated, then you can go 
pound sand and you know just fuck off so <laughs> that that is the that's why it's great what do you think i agree yeah 100 percent. i think uh i think they are vulgar and i think i like it why <laughs> so do i it's um and, and that, but that's the thing we need if we don't come up with the dear listener if we don't come up with a way to contextualize these types of movies then and and create the narrative about them then they're gone and we're gonna like we're gonna then have to sit back and accept when people say anyway oh we banned gone with the wind oh why oh well because you know racism in that and you go (laughs) wait a minute what and then they're like oh we've decided to yeah we've decided to uh uh, CG out Daryl Hannah's butt in 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 Splash because 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 dot 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 because wait because why oh because you know I got a turgid turgid erection <laughs> and you go what you got an erection it's just a butt I don't get it like so if you don't like if we don't like we need to talk it out and we have a little bit uh, so it's it's identifying you know because we need to create the new doco about mm. about this stuff where we can say okay well I know what carry on up the Kyber is and I know what it's not. And what it's and I know when someone hates it that they hate they probably hate the working class, you know, and they don't like these types of jokes, and they 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 want you to uh, stay in the you know stay in your lane and uh, and and read from the 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 holy Bible of of the woke. Mm. Yeah, the characters are quite varied with Kenneth Williams and being leading men. Yes, so true. it's inter- That's interesting. That they're not who you would expect. No, that they're not all Sid James. Ah, uh, that's true. That's true. They 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 are a motley crew, aren't they? Yeah, hmm. and and really diverse, really. Like, yeah, they, like you've got old old catcher, like catcher's mitt faced Sid James. Yeah, uh, <laughs> you know, old Lech, and then you've got like Kenneth Williams, and I mean, it's it's really. Such a such an interesting ensemble. Mm. Yeah, and I was watching a different doco and they were talking about when you go to see a carry-on film, you were looking forward to seeing all those characters. You'd kind of be disappointed if Kenneth wasn't in there or yeah. because they're such great characters. Another read I, 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 I read about it was that it was, um, another thing I read about it rather, was that these people were people you weren't used to seeing on screen in and yeah. this, this accords with what was going on in America at the time the new the new Hollywood movement in in the uh, late 60s uh, which is when we got all like I tell you what like before like 1969 you didn't see in American uh, uh, movies you didn't see faces like Gene Hackman or Al Pacino or Robert Duvall or yeah mm. I mean fucking hell no way it was like you know yeah Rock Hudson or yeah John Wayne or something like Doris Day it was not uh or Henry Fonda you did not get Gene Hackman you know and this and in the same way you know this the, the example I've got here in this this article from the Guardian they say the franchise made stars of Kenneth Williams who was the son of a barber you know uh Barbara Windsor daughter of a fruit and veg seller Sid James a Jewish hairdresser uh uh a Joan Sims daughter of an Essex station master so uh, you know, and particularly now, because today's actors in, in the British scene are, as this article talks about, being increasingly product of expensive educations and cushioned mm. by family money. Yeah. 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 So these people, again, are representative of the working class. Mm. Yeah. And that's why people like the humor. Yes. 
this is this is what this is so precious you know it's so precious like and it's just you know the the pie in the face of the elites and and all of these people are so relatable you know and you hear their accents <laughs> Yeah. Like, mm. it's just well, great. In, in that documentary, they did talk about Carrier on Columbus, which was the last one with, that was made in, what, 96 or something. And the, the, the majority of the cast didn't come back or they were too old or some of them died and stuff. So they had sort of a new, a new breed of comedians come in who, yeah, like you say, probably were more educated and, and were products of, you know, the emerging middle class. And they said that they they just didn't really their timing wasn't really mm-hmm. the same they didn't they didn't get the jokes like these old older actors did that came from a working class background so yeah. i think that's one of the things that that makes it so strong is that they that's their humor they they probably grew up with this sort of humor in the household you know mm. and they were decent comedians like rick mayle was one of was on that movie yeah he was yeah yeah, and was it Lexi Sale in, mm. in as well? I think yeah. so. We had sort of a bit of that Ben Elton crew, mm. you know. And they were, well, I'm guessing, like the young ones gave me the sense that 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 uh, that crew was was sort of educated and you know disaffected, educated youth of the, of the 1980s, mm. which is very different from it's completely different. Yeah, it's just completely different. It's a different jam, and yeah, you can't erase the past either. And like, it's just. I feel like the, I mean, because they were talking about it in this, this that nineteen ninety eight documentary that about the changing uh, nature of 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 the of the world and political correctness in general. And actually, that's maybe I just put it's very last one. You can even cut this out if you want, but I just want to remind myself what she said. The really great performers like Hattie Jakes and Joan Sims, uh, Sid James, they are real British stars, and I, it makes me so cross when people. Uh, Witter on about Powell and Pressburger and Kubrick and all these other great English directors, but actually with Hammer films as and with the Carry On films, you have the two strongest categories of British films since the war. But of course, ordinary people like them, common people like them. You can't call them art films. But to me, they are popular art. It's disgusting, that's what it is, disgusting. What are you talking about, disgusting? It's artistic. What you get in a carry-on film is you get slapstick, panto, broad humour, hopeless innuendo, things that transcend age and gender and country. So it doesn't surprise me at all young people like them. And also it is slightly politically incorrect and we're surrounded by magazines and newspapers all being right on and, you know, talking about men doing housework and roles, well, you know, the sad role of the man in the end of the uh, 20th century. And then you look at a carry-on film and it's a fantastic relief because it's totally politically incorrect. Where did that attitude go? Like, yeah. where, where, where did that, where, that, so what the woman's just said is like that, you know, she feels relieved in mm. the 90s that that you can watch a film these carry on films and and this they they're politically incorrect and that's okay yeah you know like now i feel like you know it's oh my god like that's also just- the interesting thing i picked up there was she said that it um it transcended um country as well like people from different countries could could enjoy it and mm. i've actually pulled one of my reviews that I pulled is actually a YouTube comment that I saw uh, from someone calling themselves La M from just two months ago. 
And this person says, growing up in Hong Kong, watching almost every single carry-on film with Chinese subtitle in cinemas is truly the greatest treat from the British. Wow. <laughs> there you go. They don't want you to say that. That's incredible. <laughs> That's, they would, yeah. that, like someone at the BBC is going to delete that comment. <laughs> yeah. Well, they've kind of flown under the radar so yes. far. They have. They haven't. They haven't like been ripe for full cancellation. No. Do you know what I mean? Like it's just it's they've still you know they because as I say, the Guardian is like you know somewhat uh, tolerant of them, but I feel like those people are going to be forced out soon. Mm. Um. So AJ, uh, you know. I think we'll just keep it simple tonight. Ooh. All right, we'll just keep it simple. It's not. It's it, we, we're not going to get flashy, you know, because it's just the start of the year. <laughs> I feel like you know we've just got it's keeper or creeper. Okay, okay. so we got we got a couple of options here, a couple of strong contenders. Okay. I think I think you know uh, we'll just keep it keep keep it to the heavy hitters. So we got Kenneth Williams as the Kazi <laughs> Calabar um, royalty. You know, so he's True. rich. Um, I'd say he's passionate. Um, yeah, he's got taste. Um, he doesn't have a wandering eye. That's true. So if you are thinking of getting with him, you know, <laughs> I'm pretty sure you, you, you'll you never have to worry <laughs> at yeah. all is what I'm saying. And, and isn't there 51 wives ahead of you as well? Sure. That's right. And they don't have to worry either. That's so, true. So everyone's taken care of. So that's uh, that's him. Um, I feel like you know uh, I've given you a good good summation of, of what he's about. Uh, keeper or creeper? Kazi of Calabar. Creeper. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. I can understand why. You know. It's uh, anyway. So next up uh, is Sydney James as uh, so Sydney Rough Diamond. Uh, military man, uh, high up in the command, you know. That's true. Uh, viral, I'd say. <laughs> quite, quite viral. Services nine of the Kazi's wives. So, you know, I mean, very different sort of setup from the Kazi of Calabar. So I feel like, you know, if you're going to go with Sydney, you got to put up with a little bit of Tiffin. <laughs> a lot of Tiffin, I think. A lot of Tiffin. So I don't, I don't know. I don't know how you feel about Tiffin, but <laughs> you know. I think he'd be quite good in the sack. <laughs> Again, is this going to be Do you another... think that he'd be a generous lover? Oh, I think probably gonna, not. I don't know. I feel honestly, I have no idea because let's just face Sydney James and Sydney Rough Diamond are the same person. So. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what sex is to that man because he obviously, <laughs> you know, he obviously got a lot of it. Mm. But I, it was probably is it was quick. Probably I don't know if oh. it'd be I don't know if it'd be too weird. Um, oh, <laughs> I don't know if he has heard of cunnilingus <laughs> or the female orgasm. Oh, yeah, that's true. <laughs> Sue, I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I think I'm out. <laughs> okay, so keeper or keeper or creeper? Creeper. Okay, fair enough. But oh, he was nearly there. He was nearly. He <laughs> he, he got on that maybe pile. Yeah, you know, yeah. That, he, got, he, 
that That's alarming right. maybe pile of yours, <laughs> you know, with Gus from Basic Instinct and yeah, yeah. other other big gross dudes. <laughs> Ooh, type. Oh <laughs> uh, shit! All right, give me some reviews. So I already did my YouTube comment review, but uh, the other review I have is uh, is from Empire. It's a review from 2000 by Andrew Collins, who gives it four stars. Um, it says that uh, Kyber is a genu- uh, genuinely original, resourceful, and funny film. Uh, this is not a carry-on you have to make apologies for 30-odd years later. Uh, the review ends by saying, uh, the reason the carry-on costume dramas are more durable than the contemporary romps like Carry On Loving and Carry On Girls is that they speak less of the turbulent times in which they were made, coming off less quaint and dated. Uh, Up the Kyber does not have the late 60s written all over it. Compare it with the lame hippie festival ending in Carry On Camping 1969, which looks desperate. Uh, Carry On Chronicler... Uh, Robert Ross says Kyber almost gets its foot in the door as a classic of respectable British cinema. To deny it such legitimacy uh, would be to take a very stiff British position indeed. Yeah, but I I think that he's misreading the end of that. That Carry on camping. I think that getting rid of the hippies is is a, uh, such a fascinating statement of of the times. Because I mean, yeah, there's I guess all, so. there was yeah. a lot of there was a lot of uh, works you know, on both sides of the, the pond that explored a celebration of that swinging 60s, you know, like yeah. of, of, to varying degrees. And this was, you know, this is an outright rejection of that. Uh, this mm. was, this was, you know, um, you know, what do we say? Like just the, the, the average Joe, like, you know, kick, kicking out those, those punks who've got the, yeah. the cultural stage and whom, who haven't fucking let go of the cultural stage, by the way, the same True. group of yeah. people. Yeah. So they can get off my fucking panic. I think the hippie movement is, looking back on it from sort of our generation, uh, we, we tend to glorify it a little bit because, you know, you see Woodstock and you see kind of all the, you know, some of the great music that came out of it and you think that it was just this amazing revolution. But there were a lot of scumbag hangers-on that mm. were just out for sex and drugs. And mm. as soon as, you know, more. as soon as things <laughs> kind of, <laughs> as soon as Popped the in. era ended, they became the scumbag ponytailed execs of the, the late 70s and 80s. That's a good review, though. That, guy, that, guy's, mm. that guy's good. I it like was him. a good review. Good. Yeah. You know, I mean, fuck, that review's already 20-odd years old. But Oh, no, that's a worry, though, because, like, <laughs> tell you what, like, because, the you know, I read something from 2004 about this film and I was just like, oh, my God, that what's the point? That world is just gone, you know, like, it's just gone. Like, because because that 20 years ago, you would have been going, oh, yes, oh, this, this, this mo- movie isn't as good as The Office and Arrested Development, you know? <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's a different fucking world than now. Yeah. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Like, mm. like, oh, like, like, what an embarrassment of riches we had back then, 20 mm. years ago. We had the, yeah, mm. like, uh, you know, even elements of the Mighty Boots, you know, we're not, it's not all great, but like that, that, that whole crew. Mm. You know, it was it was a golden age of comedy. Yeah. Uh, and so I think that we've got to be just keep, keep that in mind. Like that person was like, because I reckon we checked in with that guy now. I'd be like, oh my god, you mm. know, this he'd be like, this movie's better than Spider Man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And we'd have to meet him in a dark car park. Yeah. yeah. Because he's not saying that, and it's off record. I know. Yeah. <laughs> I know. So true. Uh, quotes. 
Do we have any favourite quotes? They're very long, aren't they? <laughs> like there's a lot of back and forth. Yeah, yeah, you've got to do too much. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, I, I have a few. Like uh, I think, Astro, I think you already did the It Keeps My Dangler Warm. That's, I love that one. <laughs> Keeps my dangler um, warm. Sid <laughs> <laughs> uh, James, uh, speaking of um, Lady Rough Diamond, he says, she's headed to the hairdresser. Oh, no, someone says to him, he, she's headed to the hairdresser. Oh, well, I hope she's not having it off. um i also love uh whittle's comment when uh when they're dressed up as um as the burpers and they're uh they're infiltrating sort of uh the kazi's uh palace and they've i think bunged it in has organized all these women sort of i guess as a distraction to pleasure them and uh, he says, go with the women. And then one of them says, oh, it must be a trap. And then uh, Jane, uh, Private Whittle says, oh, let's walk into it. Yeah, <laughs> I really <laughs> like that too. <laughs> yes. Um, and there's there's this great back and we should talk about this back and forth, like this di- diplomacy back and forth that <laughs> of pleasantries that the Kaiba does. Um, with the cars he does with uh, Sir Sidney Rough Diamond, and and one of them, sort of the end of this exchange, uh, the the cars he says, "May his radiance light up your life," and Sid James says, "End up yours." <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking about that. <laughs> the quotes are amazing. Like the yeah. back and forth is just incredible. Um, yeah, and that it was so long, like yeah, the yeah. the the writing is top notch. Well, those innuendos are just you know they're they're wonderful, and I, and I and that is another you know I'm really really political today, but I I think that it's the innuendo is is a weapon, you know, it's a vulgar weapon that you definitely, can use and that's how they elites. got around censorship all the yes, time. That's right, and 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 Buster found a way to to slip by the censors. Oh, yeah. In other words, yeah. you know, <laughs> so that's what you got to do. You got to yeah. be subversive, you know. You got to be smart. That's a smart writer that can do that. Absolutely, you got to be smart and subversive, and you know, to to stick it to establishment figures and uh, and to be the rebel that we love, like Sydney, Sydney James. And it's funnier that way too, though. You know, it's like the Seinfeld thing where he says that the, the clean version is always funnier. Definitely, you know, it's so true. Y- mm. You know, if this was a uh, you know, some sort of bridesmaid mo- movie. It would be all about you know shitting in sinks and you know. Oh no! I, <laughs> I period. I period blood. I period blooded on his face. <laughs> and then you go, oh, okay. <laughs> okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. They don't have ga- characters like Ginger Hale. <laughs> yes. It's simple, but it's effective. That's right. <laughs> well, so. Look, this actually, it's funny you mention him because this, uh, there's a couple of elements which make this film great uh, in terms of maybe in relation to the other ones. Uh, so uh, that scene at the pass after the massacre is quite, well, sombre. Mm. It's quite sombre and it's a bit, there's a bit of pathos there. You look over at all these dead soldiers and he has this sort of, uh, Widow has this mock uh, sort of death scene moment with Ginger Hale. Hello, Jim. It's me, Jimmy. Your old mate, Jimmy Whittle. Jimmy? Hmm. Is it you? My old mate. <laughs> Ginge mate. How'd you feel? Oh, not so good. 
I think I've been wounded. Oh, only here and there. Jimmy, hmm. I can trust you. Hmm. Now, give it to me straight. Am I going to be all right? Course not, Ginge, mate. Eh? I said, course not, Ginge, mate. I, I, I'm not going to be all right. Well, how could you be with half a dozen dirty great holes in you? You've had it. You're a bleeding fine, mate, I must say. What do you mean? You asked me to give it to you straight. Yeah, but I didn't mean you to. You are a little rat, you. Uh-oh. Oh, that's uh, quite a nice little moment. But this kind of anti-war message is the stuff that gets lost in the shuffle, mm. you know what I mean? So this film is a, because people are so incensed with the the, the uh, orientalism, they they let go of the good things. Like this movie, just, just like Duck Soup, which is included in a lot of people's top ten from the Marx Brothers, uh, there are elements of this movie that are the same. That dinner scene at the end, that's total duck soup. That's mm. like that's the straight out of the Marx Brothers, that that, that kind of um anti-war stuff. Now, uh, there's a couple of things that, that happen in this that 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 just, you know, I think goes fly under the radar. Like little little line, like, oh, you need to stay here, you know, um at the pass, and he's very well, Sergeant Major. You realize it means certain death, and he says, Yes, that's why it's no dr- no job for an officer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So, I mean, it's great. That's great stuff, yeah. you know. And uh, I feel like, yeah, just, just something about that scene uh, was there's something else. You could easily not have that scene and just have more boobies or whatever and uh, and get by. Whereas they purposefully will, like, put that in and it rides the line and it gets you just for a moment. You stop laughing. No, definitely. Like, for a moment, you know. And and so I think it's scenes like that which really do, do lift it. Mm-hmm. Who wants some trivia? Give it to me. All right. So uh, the film was the second most popular movie in the UK box office for 1969. It's uh, frequently cited as the best entry in the series. Colin McKay, professor of English at the University of Exeter, uh, labelled labeled this film together with Carry On Cleo as uh, one of the best films of all time. So it's a bold call. Big. <laughs> um, it did make the 1999 uh bfi's uh greatest british films ever made list it placed 99th which i'm sure if they did that today it would would not even rate a mention at all i'm sure it would be the wokest films of all time would, yeah bfi's wokest films yes yeah <laughs> and no because all the films would be it would be like such and such uh, 2020 yes such yeah, and such, yeah, yeah, 2017 yeah. and you go ah oh, yes a, f- a fine history that film <laughs> yeah, that's right <laughs> uh lady rough diamonds line uh oh dear i seem to have got a little plastered <laughs> was an ad lib by joan sims which was kept in and that was perfect when the plaster ceiling part of it comes down and falls on her head and she and sounds I like, like she loved it she loved saying yes, it. Yes, yeah, she loved saying it. <laughs> and well, that scene, uh, that scene in particular, um, had to be filmed in one take, and it had to be edited very carefully because uh, a lot of the crew couldn't stop laughing at everyone else's <laughs> deadpan performances. You know, so uh, in particular, Angela Douglas. Uh, there are no, there are no close-up shots of her at all in the scene because she couldn't stop laughing. You know. <laughs> Um, wow. And you know, and, and everyone else tried to not to look at Peter Butterworth's uh, performance as as Belcher. You know, his his, his breakdown performance. Uh, you know, they just, they just they couldn't laugh. You know, as uh, the burper cannons fire on the residency, uh, 
bunged it in jokes he says uh that'll teach them to ban turbans on the buses and that's that's a reference to the recently resolved strikes by Sikh bus drivers in Wolverhampton and Manchester about the right to wear a turban instead of a cap as part of the uniform oh wow so yeah I mean you probably I mean today that would just you wouldn't understand what the hell he was talking about but um, the censor had a problem with Bungdadin's line of uh, <laughs> Fakia off. Fakia off. <laughs> Fakia off. Yes. So there had to be a, they had to put a significant pause between those two words. Um, uh, this one's interesting. When the first Gulf War started, this film was banned from being showed on British television. The fuck? <laughs> That's a pretty extreme measure. <laughs> Um, Any reason? I don't know. It did. I couldn't find a reason. Just because racism. Just, in yeah, that. racism in that. So, yeah, right. um, <laughs> so the Kazi's first wife is played by actress uh, Wanda Ven- Venom uh, Ventum, uh, who is the mother of film star Benedict Cumberbatch, or as I like to call him, Benedict Come on Snatch. Fucking hell. <laughs> So we're just going through all these great innuendos <laughs> and you're just saying, come on, Snatch. Well, that's his name, isn't it? <laughs> on, the, on, on the Snatch as well. Yeah, Ben, you like, did. Come on, Snatch. Okay. Hey, Jay. Don't reward that. <laughs> it's disgusting, okay? <laughs> all right. Is I that enough trivia? Is that it? That's it. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> I think I, I think your laptop blew up for a couple of seconds there. You can't just like after that give us more. You go, oh, and uh, you know, Sydney James's jacket in this scene was also in Zulu. Yeah, and you go, yeah. I don't care. You know? <laughs> Goodness me. All right. Well, so look now. To be frank with you, in terms of the Me Too meter, Carry On films generally break the meter. <laughs> That's true. Okay, so I just got a couple of little things, you know, just to weigh up. You know, it's it's not as uh, not as heavy as, as as all that because you know if I listed every every innuendo, we'd be here all, all year. So, uh, really, um, the harem scene I think is interesting. Basically, no means yes. Okay, so when a burper nods, it means no, which I think is a deaf joke, really. So, and I think it's funny because. You know, the woman is driving the seduction. And again, no one's giving credit to this, you know, because when you think about it, if it was slightly tweaked, like if, if it was Whittle was driving mm. it, it would be, it would be, well, rape, you know. It'd be like strange that, but, but, if Whittle was doing it. It'd be something else. It'd be yeah. rape, but then it would be something else too. Yeah. Well, anyway, it's funny because he, he actually does a little bit of chasing her around the bath, which is very uh, Mike's Brothers as well because um, Harpo is, is a sex pest. <laughs> In, in in those movies and he chases women and and I know nowadays that is um you know you are you are essentially Harvey Weinstein if you do that. <laughs> like you know so anyway so that's just something to consider there. Uh carry on transphobe. Uh the <laughs> the <laughs> the spies dress up as sort of belly dancers to sneak out of Bungadin's palace. And uh, this was from a time when a burly man with little to no female features at all was considered something out of the ordinary or or something to snicker at. And you know what? And 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 that's funny, is it? A big, a big hairy <laughs> British man dressing up as a belly dancer woman. Is that funny? Is that funny, AJ? <laughs> AJ? Well, it's well. I tell you what. If that's funny, 
then, you know, I don't know what to tell you. I've lost it. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, to finish off, spot of Tiffin, uh, the Kazi's wives approach Rough Diamond one by one and tell him that since the Kazi's taken his wife, uh, it's their custom to right the wrong, as they say. In other words, to have sexual intercourse with his old penis and balls. <laughs> that's what that's AJ. I needed to tell you what exactly they mean. <laughs> oh, look at his face. Need- Imagine his old balls. <laughs> I know. They need to reckon. They need to reckon with them, okay? They're touching the floor, I'm so, sure. Well, <laughs> anyway, it's an ugly scene. So that's the meat. That's, the I think, the main charges, I, I think, uh, you know, um, basically. But what do we give it out of 10 if we had to? I don't think um, it's as bad as carry-on camping. Maybe not. Well, we carry-on camping had the whole teen thing going oh, on. Oh, yes. So yes. that was a bit different, yeah. Yes. So I'd say it's less than carry-on camping. Mm-hmm. Well, I think the military stuff. You know, the focus of the film is is really on other stuff, mm. you know. Yeah. And we don't have a racer meter. So, it, you know, it was that. I think that might be a little higher mm. because of the browning <laughs> up. <laughs> but uh, since it is a meter meter, I, I think it's probably, you know, around six. Yeah, something. I was going to say six. Yeah. Yeah. Like, there you go. Mm. So um, if someone doesn't, if they think it's more, then I don't know. I don't know what to say. Like. Uh, it's um. I think that there's 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 a lot to that redeems it. It's yeah. all as I said. As I say in that documentary, it's re- relatively innocent because these comedies survive on just like the Russ Meyer films. They survive on the fact that it's about generally speaking p- people not getting mm. not in, not getting their end away. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's all about the frustration, mm. <laughs> and in this case, the you know the whole no sex we're British thing. Yeah, you know. Well, yeah. Yeah, which is great. Well, I think this one breaks away a little bit from some of the others because Sid James actually does get some, whereas usually, usually there's actually no infidelity. You know, mm. if there if there is is anyone sleeping with someone, it's usually with their partners. You know, yeah, that was unique. That was really unique. Normally, I was like really surprised, but I think it tended to work because it was like, you know, they were all so hot, and it was like one after the other. Mm. And yeah, there was something about it that seemed to work. Yeah. And that she was um, doing the same thing. She wanted Kenneth. Yep, that's right. So it's right. not yeah. as bad. Yeah. So she was a cougar on the hunt. That's right. She was yes. really on the hunt. <laughs> at, the, well, at the beginning, he goes, who's who's the turban job over there? And, <laughs> yeah. he, and he goes, it's Randy Lal. And he goes, how do you know, how'd you know he is? <laughs> what? Randy. <laughs> <laughs> that's his name. <laughs> Okay. Well, Excellent. Well, it is. Yeah. What do we have in store next week? It's. Um, are we doing an Australiana thing? Yeah, we are because you know uh, the shit show that is Australia Day is coming up, and so uh, you know in 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 uh, I always get a little bit. Uh, what do we say? Like I don't want to use the word patriotic, but I do. I like to think about Australia and 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 its uh, cultural products around this time of year. Uh, leading up to January 26, which for the moment is uh, Australia Day. <laughs> so we are going to do, I, I suspect we should start with Razorback. What do you think? Mm. Launch yep. into Razorback? Oh, yep. AJ, have you seen yeah. Razorback? No. Great. So anyway, that's what we're doing. <laughs> and it's uh, look, it's a pleasure to be back. It, it really is. is. It is. Mm-hmm. Well, we said what we said. 
Till next time, long live the new flash. Long live the new flash. Yeah, Bendy Dick, come on, Snatch. I don't know if he has heard of Cunnilingus. <laughs> 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 <laughs>